The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. with you live. G-Migs here in West Des Moines. Valley Junction, come on down. Steak night is always on Tuesdays. Good crowd in here tonight, but there's plenty of room left, so you can... Oh. We're all good. It's all good? I can hear you. I lost myself completely. Sorry, I don't know. We've got these brand new... F- oh, these are fabulous headphones. There we go. Um, anyway, stop on by for the next hour. We will be here talking Hawkeyes and, of course, on 1700 and around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. You can pick up our podcast tomorrow if you miss any portion of the program because you're driving home. You're like, all right, I can't sit in the car and listen anymore, but I want to hear... What incredible insights these guys have because... In- incredible insights. Right, because this show changed markedly, remarkably and markedly, in the blink of an eye on Sunday night because this would have been a different program. And I'm not going to say that it would have been a total downer. I'm just going to say we would have been a little bit more disappointed and frustrated it's than we do. It's fair to say that you would have been a downer. I, I would have been a downer? I think everybody would have been a downer. I don't know well, about now, that. We do have to analyze the Iowa Northwestern game for what it was. We'll talk a lot about it as a, as as we go. It wasn't pretty, so but there was there was a shining moment, right? Iowa wins, of course, at Indiana on Thursday night, seventy seven seventy two. Jordan Bohanna with twenty five in that game. I believe he had eleven or thirteen in the last three minutes there, and of course, gets the big victory, eighty to seventy nine. Big comeback victory after being down fifteen with four forty something to go. And, of course, uh, 12 with about two and a half minutes to go. Bohannon hits the three-pointer and sends, uh, really, every Iowa fan into an unbelievable frenzy because it was one of the most difficult games to watch since last year. Not necessarily because they played terrible, but they just couldn't, they couldn't string anything together. They couldn't get the lid off the hoop. Things just weren't going down. Everything was happening for Northwestern. And then suddenly you turned around, got a chance to win the game, and they do it. Brett. For 35 minutes, Iowa played exactly like Iowa State played on on Saturday. Uninspired, uninterested, with the difference being that I thought the Hawks were actually doing a lot of good things other than making shots. Yeah. And and Iowa was getting good looks. Uh, I I would love to see the shot chart because I, I think the, you know, X's and O's when they put those shot charts up – Iowa must have missed, I don't know, ten shots at, inside that little that little ring insi- inside the lane, including the fact that Jordan Bohannon's last shot that he missed was a uh, layup, um, a breakaway layup. Nobody on him, right? He would think he well, was trying to lean back and well, maybe get fouled with a guy trailing. I, I, I don't know yeah. what he was trying to do exactly, but he he lost his control and his composure as it related to that and. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, man, how did he miss that? You know, if you're going to make a run, you got to make those shots. Well, and that's where you thought, okay, this is really – because that was – they were down 12, trying to cut into it. They could have cut it to 10, and Northwestern went right down and got a a fall away, falling to the ground, throw it up in the air, go in the hoop, three-pointer, three-point play, and all of a sudden you're down 15 again. And that's when you really thought, okay, this one's over. Everything was working for Northwestern. They banked in a couple three-pointers. Vic Law came into that game having shot 25% in his last five games. And he had 19 in the first half, including banking in one from the Hawkeye logo, 
was time running out, you know, at the at the end of a shot clock. I mean, everything was working for Northwestern, what they wanted to do, nothing working for Iowa. I, I did, so I wouldn't say I, I agree. I don't think Iowa was doing a lot of terrible things. They were missing shots. And even defensively, Northwestern has got some things done. But this was not one of those where Iowa was just watching the game the whole time defensively. Much I, like Minnesota. Right. right. Uh, no, it I, wasn't didn't, like, I didn't feel like that. Northwestern was making shots. Uh, they shot, I don't know, like 7 or 8% better than they have all season, uh, particularly on the road. And, uh, you know, the Hawks just... It's it's interesting that their best defense on Sunday came down to fouling in, hoping that Northwestern missed shots, free throws, and that happened. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and I I put this out on Twitter, and if you want to follow me at Hawkeye Huddle or at Ridge at Hawkeye Huddle too, you know, I can't recall the last time the Hawks hit a shot at Carver to win a game. And you just went back 20 two years in order to find that in in my brain that's where i go is andre woolridge i believe hit a runner against michigan state to beat them back when he was there and then the, the other only other time i can remember besides that was a, a val barnes late shot i and him or rodell davis one of the two back there against <laughs> iowa state i mean it never happens in terms of hitting that last shot at carver Ro- rodell davis is someone who's never been in my kitchen but i can also explain to you this I find it interesting that all of the big comebacks that the Hawks have had have either been on the road or in neutral court situations. I, I there's no rhyme or reason for that. There was one big comeback that I that I haven't found anybody re- remembering, and there was it was not the Fab Five year. It was the last year that uh, that Marble and Horton and and BJ were there. They were down twenty to Michigan at home that year. I remember I, I stood at the top top I, at the top of Carver that day with Were friends. Were you getting ice cream? I was not. I, <laughs> I, I actually had seats, but I, my friends didn't, so I was standing with them at the top and watching the game. And um, uh, we used to get in free because we were, worked for University right, Park. Right, right, right. Um, but I also had season tickets. But anyway, and I remember that we were down 20. We and were you down had to clean up Carver after the game. Uh, that was another way we got in free as well. That that was a fundraiser. He paid us a couple thousand bucks I'm to sure do it. I'm sure that it did. Anyway, um, we got to play on the court after you were done. That was kind of fun. Um, did you have to wear uh, soft so- you, you did not. Soft You did not. But you had, to get, you had to get everything cleaned before they would let you out there. I and, get it. Uh, anyway, so I, I remember once. Other than that, you know, you're right. Big comebacks have not happened uh, or successfully. Iowa's made some runs in games and – but they have not really happened since the Tom Davis era, at the very least, and it's just it's that's partially a function of, of who we've had as our coaches and the way that they've that the way that they've coached the games, right? Uh, it's it's it wasn't an Alford thing to go on big runs, certainly not a Licklider thing to do anything more than plod here and there, right? Right. And Fran has had his his runs here and there, teams that could score, but they couldn't get stops. Now, what you might have missed out of this, or or what you what you might not be looking at here is. I thought the one-two-two two, uh, press that is sometimes helter skelter and sometimes sort of just halfway there. The fact that Northwestern didn't know for sure, their guards were clearly struggling to get the ball over half court and then knowing what to do with it from there. And Iowa, when they when they got to the end of the game, they were changing it up. Or we sit a little bit. We're still in it, but we sit back a little bit. Then we go. Then we sit back a little bit. 
And Northwestern turned the ball over in there four or five times, along with missing their free throws. And that was huge. And it's, it's, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The versatility of Iowa's defense right now, even though it's not suffocating, it's confusing enough. Well, it's clearly right? not suffocating. Confu- well, it's confusing, though. It's clearly not suffocating. And, and finally, nine years into the Fran McCaffrey era, <laughs> we're getting the Siena Press that he used to use. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was there. there but yeah. yeah. And, and we're getting results from that press. And it is fun to watch. And, you know, I, I sat here at G-Migs on Sunday for a fair amount of time talking to Bruce. And he's like, is he going to remember that they beat them playing zone? And I'm like, well, he's got to remember, doesn't he? And I, for the life of me, I watched the majority of that game. I don't remember the majority of it due to uh, certain aspects of my life on that day. But regardless, I'm saying this. I went back to the tape. He didn't play a lot of zone, and Northwestern was making shots. And, I mean, sometimes you outthink yourself. You go in a guy's building, you play zone, you beat them by 13. You come into, They come into your house, you decide, well, we're home, we're going to play man-to-man. I don't get it. But what an what a exhilarating way to end the weekend. And, you know, let's not skip the Indiana game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's tempting to go to the Northwestern game, but don't, go, don't forget I, I, about I, winning on the road because, in Bloomington. Because, yeah. you know, last week on this very show, I uh, I picked against Iowa on Thursday night just because of past history being an indicator of future events. And I did not see them being able to handle Indiana on the road. And... You know, for a while I was right, and for then all of a sudden Indiana turned back into this Indiana team this year where they struggle scoring, where they struggle playing defense. Um, I half wonder. This is a breaking news on the Hawkeye huddle. Is there any chance Indiana is semi-tanking to fire Archie Miller and hire Alford? The players? No. I, no. I but, can't. But uh, I tell you what, because I, I... Well, Langford's going to be gone. I mean, right, what's he it, I, I will say, well, they they surprised me in the fact, not losing to the Hawks, but then turning around and not being able to beat Ohio State uh, after going on the road and winning at Michigan State, getting all their players back. I mean, these guys were, you know, what, 11-2 and two or 13-2 and two before when they finally had all these guys. They've had some great wins, and they're, and they're right, still, right. you know, on the bubble or in the, in the conversation right. with the NCAA tournament. Right. And they're like... 11th in the Big Ten right now. I thought, uh, particularly in the second half, Iowa and Iowa did go zone quite a bit in the second half in Indiana, and I, I thought Iowa's hands were extremely active. Anything Indiana you, wanted... If, if you have were, a long <laughs> a long team... Use it, right? You, you, if you got a long paw, reach it out there. You get the hands down. They were digging at balls. Anything on the floor, any kind of a bounce pass Indiana tried to throw. Digging it, at basketballs. I, I did not say diving for loose balls. I did not. I just did now. But they were. But they were. They were. They were getting down, getting in the passing lanes. They played really, really good defense against Indiana. Indiana's little comeback that they made was mostly because they made some shots and they made some good plays. Um, and then I, I really thought, obviously, Jordan Bohannon took over that game at the end. But that was one where uh, the whole team moved the ball very, very well. There's you know a couple plays at the end to get him open. 
we were talking off the air about uh, the, the play where Wieskamp moved to the right and flew, came back around, dumped it to Cook real quickly out to Jordan for a three. Wide open three. Wide open three. And, and it's Jordan a, it's to- it right, totally a set play. Um, they, they did some things that were really, really good on the road, and I believe that transferred over to why Indiana's confidence was gone when they were ahead of Ohio State the other day and had a chance to win because I think Iowa, they came in there sky high after beating Michigan State, and I think Iowa broke their spirit a little bit. They might, they might be done now. Uh, I don't think they were until Iowa. So that was, a, that was a tougher win for Iowa than it was for Ohio State on the road. In, in Bloomington this week. I, I suppose you, if you're going to, yeah, you could make a case in that regard that that may have been a di- more difficult win. But at the, at the end of the day, who cares? The Hawks, 8-5? 8-5. 8-5. 19-5, 8-5. Eight eight and five. overall, 8-5 uh, uh, in the Big Ten. 8-5 and five in the Big Ten. We've got Rutgers on Saturday. We'll talk more about that later. Sellout crowd at Rutgers. Four, fourth this year. First time in like 50 years they've sold out four games this year. How did they manage that? Because Iowa? Uh, ranked teams. They've Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and I- or Maryland and Iowa have all been sold- sellouts. Now, it's a tiny arena. It's like, what, 8,000 or 7 or 8,000, something well, like I don't that. know. You know. Whatever they call it. The Hawks have not played particularly well the at the rack. Is that the rack? At the rack. It is. No, a couple of years ago we blew them out there. Last year we got blown out there. So we'll All right, see what that, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I, I think I was more uh, in tune with that game than I was. Remember? The, oh yeah, the last year one. it was really it was it was bad. We were down twenty five or twenty six. Well, you know. it was part of that that run where we had been down seventeen points or whatever on every <laughs> yeah, game on the every road. Every game on the road. So hey, say goodbye to that. By the way, it, 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 that that is a thing of the past. Easily a thing of the past now, isn't it? It it certainly seems to be. And I I will say this. You take these last two games, and last year they wouldn't have won them. And this year the Hawks have come through in both circumstances. Jordan Bohannon, I I don't know if he was Big Ten Player of the Week. I don't think he was. He wasn't. The kid uh, from Illinois was. Right, because Illinois got now, all, all he, four games of but, winning. Right. Bohannon, however, was the National Player of the Week for NBC Sports. Is that right? Yes. But not the Big Ten Player of the Week Is behind NBC- the kid from Illinois who – had a nice week, I suppose, but give me a break. Has NBC Sports even had a college basketball game on its air? Uh, I don't know. Isn't this? And, and, I don't isn't think there so. NBC Sports Channel. There is, but I don't uh, think they put college I, basketball. I don't know how. I don't know how that works. Regardless, I it, good for Jordan in that regard. But you know, nevertheless, two huge wins for the Hawks. Moving on, six to go. Six, seven. Seven to go. Seven to go. We'll be back on 1700. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700. The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Live here at G-Migs in West Des Moines. Five, or, sorry, six to seven o'clock. It's steak, only good, it's 15 years, I mean, you know, right. I get a little habit. Steak, six to seven o'clock. Steak night, roasted potatoes. Roasted potatoes, potatoes tonight. But changing our time has not swayed one Mr. Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com who joins us on the phone right now as, uh, as, as a frequent contributor to the show, and he's moved on to the 6 o'clock hour for us uh, at least for the next couple of weeks. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good evening, How I guess, you, now. Yeah, I, yeah, good, I guess it is. I guess it is. Yeah, well, Tom... Yeah, go ahead. Doing, um, doing well. Just got done recording a great podcast 
draft with uh, the great Jeff Settles. So, a lot of fun. Oh, I bet Jess, and so Jess has a lot of really good insights. I've heard him a number of times, so that'll be great. People get out there and check out that podcast at HawkeyeReport.com. Of course, uh, uh, Tom's with us each and every week, and we appreciate that. And, Tom, um, so I imagine you spoke just a little bit about the enormity of uh, an improbable, not only comeback win, but an improbable shot for Iowa to win a basketball game on Sunday what does that what does that do? Do you think is that a bigger thing for Iowa to win a game like that than it would have been to win a sleeper and win by eleven or twelve points over Northwestern? Um, yeah, I think just from a confidence perspective, it probably helps them. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that that we should have doubted that that Jordan could have done that because he hit almost the exact same shot against Indiana. Uh, before too, and and it's just you know he's just a big time clutch shot maker, and um, and I think the big thing for Iowa was this time of year you focus in on the NCAA resume, and um, that's avoiding a bad loss. That would have been a bad loss, and. Uh, Iowa doesn't have any bad losses on their resume right now. Everything they've got, they've lost uh, five times this year, and all of them have been two uh, pretty well-regarded teams according to the NCAA's net ratings, so, uh, which replaced the RPI this year. So I, I think right now they're sitting in a good position, and uh, you know they've got uh, games left to play, and, and uh, it's a big stretch coming up starting uh, Saturday with a uh, trip to Rutgers, and uh, the game's sold out now. So it's pretty, uh pretty big game. Well, every game from this point on is a big game in terms of resume. So, Tom, give us an insight on what the, what the atmosphere at Carver was, at, at minimum, at least in the last four minutes on uh, Sunday night. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because it was uh, – there was a – as there normally is, even in a close game, there was a bit a, a, a more of a mass exodus than if it would have been a close game. But uh, that under four timeout hit, and people were streaming out. Uh, you know, Sunday night it's about seven thirty. It's time to get home. Uh, weather kind of stinks, uh, so let's just make our way out of here. And uh, those fans that did, and not, you know, I don't, I don't really blame them a whole lot. I mean, it was a 4:30 left. It was a 15-point game, and Iowa's win probability was one less than one percent. Yeah. So uh, you didn't expect this, uh, but um, once Iowa started making that charge, and there was, a, I think, it was about a buck twenty left or so, and Bohannon hit the three where he got fouled twice, and neither foul was called. Um, and they, you know, they, I thought at that moment, you kind of got this feeling, you know what, maybe they got a shot to, to get this one. We'll, we'll have to see, but they just had to thread the needle. They had to get a couple of misses at the free throw line. One from, uh, uh, Gaines, I believe, or Taylor, one of the two. And then, um, and then Vic Law misses the back end of, uh, of uh of two uh and and that just kind of gave them a shot they just they executed perfectly with Wieskamp camp on a drive and 
lost it in the floater. Bohannon had a drive and, and it, you know, throwing a couple triples from Bohannon and from Lee's camp. And, and suddenly they had a shot, but still, even with three seconds left, it was still, I think it was like 87% win probability for, uh, Northwestern. And, uh, but Jordan Bohannon did it again. Yeah, he's not making this up. I mean, this is. So you're saying we have a we chance? We have a chance. Well, at 99, it, so ESPN has that, right? And the computer said 99.5% chance you're going to lose this game, right? Now, Tom, one of the things, you just, you just mentioned a couple of pieces of this we had not taken a dive into yet, which is that Iowa intelligently during that run took three two-point shots. Moss, Wieskamp, yep. Bohannon. All took two pointers when you might have think might have thought we need to throw up threes. I expect it out of the veterans. Love it that the freshman is doing it as well. This is a smarter basketball team as well. Yeah, they didn't um, they didn't force things. They they were very patient, um, and and they they hit the more important thing was they hit those shots. And I think one of the more undervalued thing too is that they didn't have to get into playing the foul game, which is basically you have to foul every time they inbound it until there were 25 seconds left. I mean, they milked it down there, uh, so they didn't put a pretty good foul shooting Northwestern team uh, to the line, and a lot of that was thanks to their their press. Northwestern just doesn't have a point guard this year. There's no Bryant McIntosh to help them out this season uh, and, and handle pressure. And they just don't have a, a solid point guard on their roster. So uh, they were able to turn them over a couple times or just create some pressure, uh, bother them. Um, you know, Law missed a three on one occasion, had a backcourt violation on another occasion. Um, they just, I, 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 you can't emphasize this enough, they just they pitched almost a perfect game in that last four minutes, and they had to to have a shot. They, I mean, when your win probability is is ninety ninety nine percent against you, uh, you gotta you gotta get some luck and and execute at a really high level. And they did both those things. So obviously, the Hawks get that that big win, and and following up the big win that they had at Indiana. I see this team having a tremendous amount of guts, a tremendous amount of heart. Um, like Brett said, uh, what appears to be a smarter team than we've had in the past. Yeah. No panic. Maybe that's maybe that's a better way to look at that. And understanding that, regardless of the percentages, that they still have a chance if they do the right things. And so, as we look to the last seven games. I think Iowa's probably going to be favored in five, five of them. I mean, is five and two getting to 24 and seven? I mean, is that enough to get the Hawks to Des Moines? Des Moines is going to be almost impossible. I'm looking at uh, the uh, KenPalm.com projections, which is kind of, you know, my Bible uh, for for these sorts of things, and they have the Hawks going four and three, losing the road game at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, and at Nebraska. And by the way, Nebraska and Wisconsin are both senior days, so it's senior day for Ethan Happ, senior day for Glenn Watson, James Palmer, 
Um, and, uh, you know, maybe Tim Miles' last game uh, at a home game for the Huskers as the head coach. So there's got, you know, if they could steal the Ohio State game, maybe the Nebraska game, uh, one of those two. Um, but it, it's just going to be really darn near impossible to get to um, to Des Moines because there's only two kind of Midwest regions this year or pods this year. The one in Columbus and the way it's shaken out right now, it could be Kentucky and Tennessee there. And then you've got both the Michigans that would head to Des Moines or one of the Michigans has to Des Moines and uh, you got Marquette in that mix. It's just they're going to have to jump some serious teams to uh, have any chance to get to Des Moines. And as as much as the, the net number looks good, it did fall the other day, by the way, to yeah. 26, but as much as it looks good, I even if I were to win six of the next seven, it won't go up, right? It's kind of in the same spot. They've got a lot of good wins, but it's going to stay in that same spot they're going to pay a lot of attention well, to that. We'll, we'll talk about that more, but it's not going to go up much. The other part of that, though, is that the Big Ten tournament's coming up, and Iowa... That's I mean, where you got to do it. <laughs> Iowa clearly yeah, it, not have... It, it, could, it, it could go up. It went down, like, one spot the other day. So it's really not like it's it dropped a whole lot. It's just, you know, kind of the variance, and, and uh, it, it shows that some of that margin of victory stuff... Um, it really does come into play with uh, with with what they do uh, in terms of their algorithm that they're using. So, you know, they've just got to keep winning, and uh, you know, other teams are going to lose around them, and that that could potentially rise them up. Is if the teams that are ranked near them, you know, drop a few games, and then you, know, you can bounce up uh, past them just because the other teams are dropping. So there, there is opportunities to rise up, but it, none of the wins are really going to rise them up except for the, those road games, those three big road games at Ohio State, at Nebraska, who's still you know 40th, I think, in the net. So I, they're still fairly well regarded, and Wisconsin is way up there in the net as well. All right, Tom, hey, we appreciate you joining us uh, again this week, and we'll check in with you next week. And uh, we'll Sounds get great. out there and listen to your podcast as well. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tom. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com, at HawkeyeReport.com on Twitter, by the way, and HawkeyeReport.com, the uh, website out there. You can check his podcast. A lot of recruiting news. We didn't really get into it much. Iowa's re- football recruiting uh, final day was, uh, the signing day was last Wednesday. No surprises. The kid out of Tampa did sign. Uh, T.J. McCall, I think it is, it. Uh, defensive end that they were looking at. Other than that, no big surprises. Got the transfer punter uh, from Arizona State coming. There may be some transfers down the road still. We'll see how that goes. They didn't have to sign this this early, so we'll see how that goes. And basketball recruiting is still going on and will be for a while. We'll talk to Tom in the last couple of weeks of the season about that. I, I So I, I don't know where you look at the net. I, I Googled the net, and I went to the NCAA site. I never site. look at the net. It said 26 today instead of 21. So I don't know how they only fell one spot. In my book, it looked like they fell five. But So I've no, got them at 26. I, I, heard, I heard one. I saw that too, but I, I Googled, and the NCAA thing that comes up has them at 26 today and not 21, where they were on Saturday. Well, so that, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how that works. 
I will say this: uh, the RPI that somebody else is tracking the old RPI, and they were they would be thirty in the old RPI, so a little bit better. But my my point being, he's right. Teams around him are going to lose, but the way this thing works, so it, is it? It, it almost doesn't really matter anymore. These teams are going; they have to lose a lot to start to drop below Iowa. Now. So here's my question: Is it automatic that Des Moines gets the two and seven, and the no? It's completely arbitrary, based on where they want to send teams, and they put a pod together of the one in the one in sixteen, and then the the and then the one in eight, the one in eight, the one in sixteen, eight and eight, eight and nine. nine. Then the next pod that they put in there the is a is a two, two and fifteen, two and seven, eleven. Right, and then and then then they then they juxtapose it from there. Right, it's completely so that's those are the matchups you have to have your little pods together in all these locations so it could happen that you could get a michigan michigan state and an iowa or iowa state in the same venue just in different pods right you have to be in, if i was in a five six game bracket. they're not going to run into either one of those teams if they're one seats michigan state needs to win more purdue needs to win more michigan needs to win more. here's the problem the big 10 is kind of getting i mean the fact that iowa fell the other day Big Ten's kind of getting screwed by the fact that they got so many good teams that the lower end teams are now not. You know, Illinois has jumped up and bitten some people, but Northwestern is struggling a little bit to win the games. Nebraska's got all kinds of injuries, and I think that's a, I think that's a game that's ripe for the picking on the road. By the way, they're going to be missing guys. The other thing that Tom pointed out, yeah, those are senior days, but it's never the Ethan Haps of the world that that kill Iowa on senior day. It's some guy that you don't know at all, you've never heard of. And he's, he's, he's the eighth guy off the bench, and they start him, and he hits his first three shots, and then he doesn't miss a game. Jalen Suggs, or whoever that was from Minnesota a couple of years right. ago, right? Uh, uh, bu- or whatever, Bugs or whatever. I remember Condon always. <laughs> that guy came off the bench and scored 26 against Iowa, right? Indiana had a kid that used to have a kid that did that against Iowa every year. There was always somebody. That's who you got to worry about on senior day, right? Um, so we'll see. Probably I don't Probably not Dave senior day. Not Dave's senior day. Right. But I, I, I don't know about that. Um, Iowa, by the way, rankings-wise, did fall. Where they fell was they fell in the AP poll from 20 to 21 based on losing, uh, on maybe possibly people thinking they were going to lose in Northwestern. I said that. Uh, I said I think people submitted their vote. Early. At 6 o'clock at night instead of waiting till 7.30. Right. Or, I mean, who else were they impressed with to move them up over that? You know, that's... That's the part, and and by the way, I you know we root for Iowa State when when we're not rooting for the Hawks, but at this point in time, I'm starting to wonder where the Iowa State love comes from. And so the net ranking right now, I mean, you're basically the net ranking is talking about is saying Iowa State is you know five five to ten spots higher than Iowa right now, despite the head to head, despite the fact that Iowa plays in what ostensibly is a tougher conference. Well, no question. And and. They didn't really do anything in the non-conference that was all that impressive either. I'm trying to figure out, but it's the but the, built into the net is offensive and defensive efficiency, and those numbers. One side of that works really well for Iowa, and one side doesn't, and that's the only thing I can come up with because at this point, this is why I started looking at this. If they didn't drop the other day based on losing at home to an unranked team, and Iowa dropped based on winning at home against an unranked team, albeit not as good as TCU, the the computer formula now has these teams ranked in where they're going to be I just generally. love the fact that you care about this. The net? It's how, they, how they're going to see this thing. If you care about Iowa playing in Des Moines, this is going to be huge. 
The NCAA I, selection committee is so oh, lazy. This I, this this crap that they go in and they struggle and what? No, they are lazy. They just Iowa use that straight up. Twenty six in the net, so they could be a six seed in Des Moines. And that Michigan State's now a. a or, you think so? Well, that I that, 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 that could put them here, but I don't think it will. I don't see. I think they need to be a four or five to get here. But the fours and fives have to play with the. Well, fours and fives. So you have to have a four versus, or five, 12, four, 13. Yes. In the same pod. It would work. I'm just I saying. I don't see that in Des Moines. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Proximity to where people play. All right, we'll come back. We got to check in women's basketball, uh, baseball coming up here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 Champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Is this our we're, we're, this is our last? We're, that was our last break. We've yeah. only got ten minutes left. All right, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. here with you on the Hawkeye Huddle. We have thirteen minutes left. Right. Uh, Plenty of time we, to thank our great sponsors. That's what I was going to say. Before we go any further, let's thank the great sponsors here. Not only G Migs here in West Des Moines. Come on, uh, we'll be here for the next 15, 20 minutes. Uh, you want to come out and say hi before you have a little dinner? Watch a little college basketball. Purdue and uh, Maryland in a good one right now. And I think uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State is all well. These games do have an effect on what's going on with the Hawkeyes. So uh, come on down and check it out. And of course, uh, our friends at uh, at uh, Templeton Rye will get the last call in a little bit. Uh, Kozlowski Law. Don't want to forget big uh, big Kaz and, and his family him on law. Saturday, of course, and then. Uh our friends at uh, Langle Woods Clothier. Right. And Dre- dressing the presidents. Dressing the presidents. Is that are we trying to give them a, a, a No, they have a motto. That's the motto. Well, I was going to say do they have a motto though. I mean, we're trying to give them a tagline. I don't know if they have a motto. A ta- well, if you have to have a credo. That's my credo. Yeah. If you need <laughs> dress clothes, go see Langle Woods Clothing down here in the junction. Uh Checking in on Iowa women's basketball. By the way, when the NCAA had their little reveal the other day, yesterday I believe it was, of, of the teams that would be seated uh, if the NCAA tournament started today, Iowa was number 10. They'd be a three seed. Hawks 19-5, uh, uh, and 10-3 overall. A couple of victories this week. 86-61 pounded Michigan State. Revenge win after losing up in East Lansing. And, of course, uh, beat Ohio State on the road the other day by a couple of Couple of touchdowns, couple three of touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> um, they got Illinois uh, on at home on uh, Thursday at seven, and then uh, they got Maryland. That's a big one on ESPN two on Sunday at noon. That'll be a big one, Maryland. At Maryland? Been, no, that's at home. Oh, very nice. Couple of big ones. Megan Gustafson, by the way, Big Ten Player of the Week. Did you know? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. Her eleventh Big Ten Player of the Week this this week. Number twenty-one overall uh, as in her it's career. It's my understanding she now leads the league in or the league, the nation in scoring. She does, and she also has twenty double doubles this year. <laughs> and she was the national player of the week by ESPN as well. By the way, uh, so I that's good. A, uh, she had forty-one points against against Michigan State in that uh, in that victory on uh, Thursday night of last week. I'm pretty sure on Sunday I may have had a double double. Did you have a double double? I may. Have. How do you how do you accomplish that well, while yeah, you're sitting here? And dinner. Oh, okay. There you go. It's rebounding and it's uh, going and coming, right? Yeah. It's, both a, it's a way to do it. Yeah. Wisconsin, 34-25, three minutes going the first half. As I was driving home from Missouri the other day, I listened to the Iowa women's game on the radio, a little Rob Brooks action. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, the thing about them is they 
they score quickly. They they may they're a little defensively challenged when they run into those top ten teams, but man, they can score quickly. And suddenly, I mean that that game was a four point game. But suddenly, it was a, a twenty point game, and uh, and it's because they make a couple shots outside. They move out. The defense moves outside to guard them, and then you just dump it inside to the machine. And she shoots seventy five percent. So I mean, she's a, you know it's 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 amazing. She had twenty nine points the other day. Uh, we'll see how they do, but uh, they're looking really good. And maybe for the first time in a long time being able to get past that first weekend of the NCAA tournament because they kept getting and have been getting into that 7-8 game where they would always play a number one or a number two in the second round. You get yourself a three seed, you're going to be like playing the, a lower a lower like level the there. Yeah, just like the boys. So good luck to Lisa Bloater and the squad for there. Uh, the wrestlers beat Maryland 48 to nothing. I believe Maryland had one takedown in the meet. Maryland's not very good at wrestling. The Hawks have Wisconsin, number 16 Wisconsin at home. I guess, uh, oh, they're at Wisconsin on Sunday. Indiana at home on Friday, senior night. Uh, and that'll round out the Big Ten schedule. They'll probably end up undefeated, tied with Penn State in the Big Ten. Do the Hawks yes. wrestle Oklahoma State? That's the last. That's next week. That's the last right. one of the year, and then they go to the Big Tens. All right. So that's it. We'll see how that goes. What a shame to not have duels against Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan. What a shame. Cause <laughs> I mean, who makes up this schedule? I I don't know how that works that they can't. But uh, And just like that, Michigan it, State 36-34. Just like that. 8-0 run. If, however, if you were sitting back and you're the Big Ten saying, well, you know, from a standings point, why is it fair for those? To, if you can't wrestle everybody, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why you don't. But if you can't wrestle everybody, how are you going to do that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Baseball team, by the way, kicks things off on Friday uh, down in Kissimmee, Florida. George Mason, Pitt, and Marshall on the uh, docket for the weekend. Uh, Johnston's Jack Dreyer goes against Pitt on Saturday. I always throw that out there because of uh, of uh, our memories of him <laughs> playing against our boys, and and uh, but also the fact that uh, hometown here for us on the Hawkeye Huddle in terms of the Des Moines area. So we'll see how Rick Eller's squad gets off uh, on things, and then they head to Hawaii, which is tough duty for four next week so that won't be too long plane trip though you go it's directly really, from florida to hawaii really tough duty to go to from florida to hawaii to play baseball they're going to have a difficult time due to jet lag but the pina coladas and all those other things that'll take care of it you drink mai tai whatever mai tai in uh, in hawaii good for them hey hawaii all right so I asked you this question a little bit ago when we were off the air this Was is it the one rhetorical it wasn't rhetorical it was actually probing for a thought on, on how teams might defend Iowa based on what I saw Northwestern do the other night, which is this. I think Northwestern decided we're going to let Tyler Cook have the basketball. We're going to keep it away from Luca Garza. We're going to foul when Luca Garza gets the basketball. We're going to dig at uh, – We're going and every time that Cook gets the basketball, we're going to drop everybody down into the lane and try to get him to feed it out top which he won't very often because he likes to dribble and dribble and dribble and get his one-ons. And we're going to make him go ahead, and he's going to get his. But he's going to get his at the expense of moving the basketball around enough that Iowa gets running and gunning and everybody else gets going. Because the other night, he had his 20, but he was missing shots. He was missing shots just like everybody else. And I thought in Northwestern had all of their big guys had four fouls. Somehow nobody fouled out, but they had four guys with four fouls. They have a good rotation. Apparently. My point is, is 
I thought that was their strategy. Go ahead and give them the basketball. I don't see what we can do. I don't, I think that's a I think that's a horrible strategy because if Tyler Cook is making shots, he could go for thirty five. But he hasn't this year. So, I, I mean, okay. Okay. So let's assume okay. Your, let's assume your strategy's right, but let's also assume that there are coaches, and this might be a big assumption, who watch tape and who can say, "Hey, Tyler, when they the moment they double, here's just Joe. Here's Here's Jabo. Here's you better get it back Isaiah. out. Yep, get Kick it back it out. out. They might be able to pump it back down, reverse the ball. We might have Garza back on the backside. I don't know. I just it seems to me that Iowa just has so many offensive weapons. It, I mean, you can make a case that they have several. We haven't even talked about the fact Bears hurt, got his head bonked hard, and. Right now is listed as day-to-day, just like you and I. But here's the question. Is he going to be able to play Saturday at the rack? Is he going to be able to come back? Or is he going to be out a couple weeks in some sort of concussion protocol? And that could have a big effect on things, obviously, in the rotation and and the way they use him. And and he is a bit of an X factor in that lineup, absolutely. So uh, we'll see how that that could be. You're right. We we had not mentioned that could trade, be an trading issue. Trading Bear for Macy Daly is not a good trade right now. Now, no. Well, this is the one criticism we have not thrown out there yet. That, so Bohanna makes that shot. There's point six seconds left. Oh, good lord! How does how did they get a catch? How do you throw the ball thirty five feet in the air? And Macy Daly is over double teaming somebody with with uh, with Tyler Cook. And well, the guy the kid gets a clean well, catch and that, a clean look. Nobody guarded him. He got a wide. How did that happen? How does that up. happen? How does that happen? I'm sorry. I just was wondering. I, I looked at it. And I'm like, how does that happen? Who cares? He missed. Now, right, Bruce? Huh? Right. So right. How does that happen? So when, so when uh, Missouri State the other day threw in a half quarter with seven seconds to go. Against Southern Illinois, well, there's guys diving all over the floor on that. Balls it's not bouncing it's, all around. Also, a guy throws one in, and you're going to blame defense? No, this is different. It was a set play. He how do you not? <laughs> how do you not guard him? I, I just, I, I was dumbfounded that somehow you know, Daly and Cook you throw were, a ball right yeah. down the middle. And the guy hits it right at the shortstop. <laughs> oh, I used it to love, I, I used to love play coaching baseball with you, and I'd look over and I'm like. Okay, he's telling Skoog to throw the ball out of the zone, away from the kid, and the kid's going to swing. And he did every time. If That's you, because I was a brilliant baseball it, coach. You, you did call pitches. Pitches. You were good at calling pitches. And moving guys around. Hey, four steps back, two steps to the left, and the ball would just be hit to the kid who couldn't catch, but he didn't have to move, right? Happened. Uh, it should be noted I used to have fire plugs who played the outfield, <laughs> so you had to position them correctly. <laughs> <laughs> never hey, before we get to the yeah. temple to write last call, it's Trey Creighton's birthday. Happy birthday. 22 years old. Which would put him at uh, 7 when we started doing this? Something like that. Wow. That's incredible. No, probably 6. Pro- yes, because it, w- yes, it would have been before this part in time of the year. However, there was one year where we missed his birthday because of the uh, station going away. <laughs> the station went off the air and there was nothing we could do. Well, happy to birthday to that. Trey. Absolutely happy birthday to Trey. Uh the third, David Creighton, the third, uh, by the way. So just in case anybody misses the way that connects up. That's right. All right. Hawks at Rutgers at the rack. Sell out crowd. Temple and Rye last call. What do we uh, on Saturday? 
what is that? Five p.m. Uh, five p.m. game. Is it? It is. Man, I that's have, kind of a bad. It's a bad Saturday time. I apparently have tickets to Bacon Fest and the game, which I think is also at five. Well, Bacon Fest is early. We you, know, you don't have to worry about that. You can. I that. saw pictures today from you at Bacon Fest six years ago. Was that the one where I was asleep on the prone? <laughs> prone is the term. <laughs> so we got up early. We ate nonstop and drank Temple and Rye in the morning. I don't know. what I to was say tired. About it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. So here's what I'm going to say: Hawks are going to the rack. So the standard deviation of these two games is essentially 50 from the last two years. Hawks win by 25, lose by 25. Yes. Something like that. Yes. Yes. I don't think it's going to be that wide of a margin. I see, somehow I see Iowa winning this game. But Purdue went there, won by nine in overtime. I see a shootout. 92-87 Iowa. Uh, well, so I, I think you're in the right uh, you're in the right ballpark. It's, it's like when Iowa went to Penn State, right? Penn, and and Penn State played better than we wanted them to offensively, but they really, at the end of the day, could not stop Iowa defensively. I think where Iowa wins this game is is with their bigs, and I think I, I think that uh, Rutgers will have a tough time uh, defending Luca Garza. You're not going to hold him back so many games in a row. It's just not going to happen. Are you saying we can only hope to contain him? They can only hope. To, they can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. I think that that's where Iowa has the advantage in this. Uh, from a guard's perspective, they have some decent, they have some kids who can run and shoot, and uh, and they probably will, and there'll be a, a good crowd. But I, I think at the end, I, this feels a lot like the Penn State game to me. Uh, Iowa may be trailing it. Iowa may be just a little bit ahead. This is going to be a close one. I think they get it done. I do, too. I think they get it done. It's a dangerous game. I actually think, though, from a mental standpoint, it's more dangerous when Rutgers comes back to Iowa City in a couple of weeks and and Iowa's in the midst of trying to take a break between Maryland and going on the road to Ohio State and Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I, I think that's I, I that's, think that, I think that's completely dependent upon how they play. These, well, these next we'll week. see. I think they'll be locked in after a week off this time, and I don't I don't feel too bad about that. I think they're I think they'll be okay, Bruce. Uh, defensive team, Rutgers defensive team. That's what Bruce says. I don't know. You think we're struggling? Hey, join us next week right here on Seventeen Under for the Hawkeye Huddle. <laughs>